0: Hey friends and welcome to part two in our conversation between Rich Keegan and Doug Cramphon. We're going to get straight into the episode, so thank you for being here. My name is Phil, this is Vertical Playpen, and let's begin.
1: Doug, if we can shift gears, um, you had a long relationship with Carl Ronke who most of us consider one of the godfathers of experiential education, wrote numerous publications and really developed a lot of ropes courses down in the uh, early days with um, Project Adventure and now uh, was one of the also founding fathers of High Five. Do you have any uh, anecdotes about Carl?
2: Great, great memories. This, This was probably back when Project Adventure was the only game in town at that point. There were probably two ropes courses in the Northeast. One was in Hamilton and the other one was at um, a school, the Antolini School in um, Barkhamstead or East yeah. Heartland, something to that effect. And we we got hooked on this idea, as I said, from Nicky Nikki Hall building this little funny ropes course out of gold line, And then somebody told us that there was this other course in um, New Hartford. So we went and visited that and, and Nick and I are driving back from that. We're going, we really like this, this is really, how do we make this happen kind of thing. We then went to the athletic director, shared it with Bruce Irving. He was all for it, um, supported us 100%, and then we started getting donations of money, equipment. Bruce's uncle was in, uh, high up at, at the telephone company, so he got us cables and wires and strand vices and all kinds of things. And we hired Project Adventure to come down and build our first course at Rembrook. I I can't remember the year. It might have been 78, 79. I think our first curricular year um, was 80. The the school paid Nikki and I as a coach Mm -hmm. for the year 1979 to do curriculum work and to get to know people in, in the field, which at that point was pretty thin. There weren't a lot of people. around. Charlie Harrington and a couple other people. One of those people was Carl, and Carl would come down and do the building And he would, it it was fun watching a creative genius work. One of my favorite Carl Ronke, Carl Ronke, the gem stories. Nikki and I had had the ropes course going for a number of years at this point. We had some fairly fairly high initiatives, a two-line bridge, a catwalk, a pamper plank, a zip wire, and and maybe a couple other climbs and a a bunch of uh, group initiatives. Carl came down, and Carl looks at Nicky and I says, well, what do you guys want? You know, expecting us to say, well, you know, we, we could use a multivine or wh- whatever, you know, kind of order up the climb of the year you know, that we were gonna uh, put on the course. And instead of telling him anything, we looked at him, we went, I don't know, what, what do you see? What, what, what do you see in your head? What would you like to build? And he looked at Nicky and I and he said, really? And we went, yeah, what, what have you been seeing? right? What have you been seeing in that mind of yours? Well, because he is, inc- he was incredibly creative, he said, well, I have this idea that I will string a cable to walk along at height and another cable above it, kind of like a two-line bridge, but I'll make that cable higher and I'll hang rope down in maybe five or six foot increments across the cable. First multivine he said um this is what i'm thinking And we looked at him and said well, have that right go to it and he started to build which also meant that because it had never been built before things are going to screw up right we, we got up after he built it we got on the multivine a bunch of us and we're all you know clipped in and ready to roll and that first rope <laughs> looked like it was about 50 feet away from you, and we all tried and we tried and we dove and we tried everything to try to get to that first rope. Carl goes, I think we need an extension. So he put a little rope in there as an extension. And that that's and that's probably my my best memory of Carl. The a funny a funny little little one that happened. Back in those days when when guys like you went to a course to work with a group of kids or adults, then you they didn't stay in hotel so that meant that carl needed a place to stay either at nikki's house or at our house in simsbury and it was my good fortune to have carl stay at our house in Simsbury. this little tiny um, five room um, ensign bickford factory house right well we had two bedrooms it was a master bedroom and we had my son's uh, bedroom who at that time we're talking probably He was probably two. So the idea of Carl bunking in with James probably really wasn't going to cut it. So Carl said, I'm good. I'll just stay here on the living room rug. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. He had a sleeping bag. Night comes. I come down the next morning, and there's Carl. He's on his hands and knees, and he's picking up feathers from the rug and he's put them in a pile. So now the pile of feathers is probably, oh, maybe three inches in diameter and maybe maybe three or four inches high. It's this perfect teepee of feathers. I went to Carl. I said, what's up? And he said, my sleeping bag exploded. I said, Carl, we do have vacuums here. <laughs> we really do. So those, those were two great memories. And my, my final one shows the... I've always remembered this as a sign of, you know how there are some people in your life that you can look at them and you can see them thinking? Yeah. Same thing with Carl. Um, we were running, Nikki, Carl, and I were running um, an international uh, ropes course training out of out of the Rembroke Ropes Course. And I think it, was, it had to be July, July or August. It was really, really hot. And we were using the camps, the school's, pool as just a way to relax and just kind of chill out a little bit during a really hot period and we we were doing an activity we we're having lunch around the pool we we're taking some time off <laughs> and lunch consisted of sandwiches that we made and he, we may have made the people tie their hands behind their backs and with one person blindfolded oh, yeah. and the other person was uh, mm-hmm. making each other sandwiches but he can't see it i can't remember if we did it that that day but What we drank were those big bottles, liter bottles of soda. We had a whole bunch of different bottles of soda. (laughs) And the course of the day, we're finishing the bottles or not finishing the bottles, as the case may be. There'd be a little bit left over in them or maybe half left over. And I see Carl reach over and he grabs one of the bottles of soda. He kind of flips it over his shoulder directly into the pool. Okay, where's this going? You never, right? And then you see Carl look at it in the pool, and he grabs another bottle, which now has you know, a lot more fluid in it, tightens the top, flips it over, splashes it into the pool. So now there are two. And they're kind of at different heights because one's heavier than the other. So at this point, a couple of us look around and grab a bottle, and we fling it over our shoulders into the pool. So now we're looking, there are these bottles hanging out in this pool. And Carl goes, I have an idea for a game. <laughs> it was the first, I think it was the first time that minefield had ever been played. Oh, right? Yeah. right? In so, a pool? But In a pool. He created a three-dimension, three-dimensional minefield where one person, you know, I would be blindfolded and you'd be my partner and I'd be in the pool and you would have to talk me through the pool to get from one end of the pool to the other. Well, what started out as a half an hour lunch turned into a two and a half hour ropes course activity. That was Carl's, Carl's genius. And creativity was just outstanding.
1: And um, I'd like to also ask you about Nikki Hall. Nikki Hall is a, another icon I consider in the field and was fortunate to be mentored by Nikki in many, many ways. And you were together at Renbrook uh, Summer Adventure and also Renbrook School for more than a few years. And, and again, as I mentioned, Nikki's a founder high-five as well. Any uh, special story or two you can think of with Nikki?
2: Nikki and I go back a long time. I I had taught her son, and she would come into the, into the classroom at Renbrook, and then we got talking about the ropes course that I had, had done at Squadron Line, and she fell in love with that full bore. And Nick is my son's godmother, so you know we, we've been pretty close. There are many, many Funny stories, classy stories, uh, but the greatest, probably the best time I ever saw her laugh was wonderfully at my expense, which is probably not that hard to do. But that being said, Nick and I are running a program, and I believe it was adults. And the, the culminating activity was the zip wire. We had a wonderful zip wire at Renbrook at that time. My job was to be on the platform, so I'm the platform guy, and you know, helping people. You know, Nikki would belay them up, and then I would clip them in and send them off. And you know, we had, we're having a great time. Now the day is over, and it's everybody has finished zipping. So now I need to get down. Well, you know, I've been up there for four hours. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to have a ride. Mm-hmm. Let, let's have a You've ride. You've earned it. I, I've earned it, right? Everybody's fine. You know, every, they're all down there at the takeoff, um, takeoff spot with the um, stepladder. So Mr. Ropes Course <laughs> at the time, I unclip. I get ready to go. I jump off the platform. But wait. There's more. There's more. I had forgotten to unclip myself from the tree. So here I am, I'm hanging, I'm off the platform, and I can barely reach the edge <laughs> of the platform to get myself back. Well, <laughs> I can, to this day, I can still hear Nikki laughing because she. nobody else knows what's going on. They right. think this is part of the yeah. shtick. Oh, okay, they jump off, they can't get back. They get yeah. back on. and they come. Makes well, it more fun. Nikki knows exactly what's going on, and she, I can hear her laughing. I finally, I I, you know, use my fingertips to do my, I pull up my body and I flop down on the platform like a dead fish and then go through the whole thing. But this time I remembered to unhook myself from the tree. So I just, yeah, yeah, good old Nick. She, she, we went through an awful lot, awful lot together. Those are great years. That was a long time ago.
0: Hey friends, so let's talk about Ubuntu cards. Now they are a multifunctional deck of cards that can encourage a group to interact, find connections, have fun, problem solve, and more importantly, they can be used to spark conversation. Now included within the deck are directions for 13 different games and initiatives that you can use. What I'm going to do is I'm going to throw a link into the description of this episode so you can find out how to buy these cards. Note that if you are to bulk buy, aka if you buy six or more, there are options for a discount code all the way up to 20% off your order if you order 36 or more decks. I highly recommend using them. I use them all of the time in every single program. And you can reach out to me by going to our vertical playpen and direct messaging me if you have any questions about the use of them and I'll happily help you out. Okay, back to the episode.
1: Any special memory or thought about uh, some of your experiences at High Five?
2: I think this is probably one that that you, you and I have shared yeah. uh, because we we went, we experienced it together. Our, our dear friend, uh, ropes course instructor par excellence, uh, Mike Gesford passed away uh, a few years ago. And then to honor Mike, who was this um, bigger than life, teddy bear, ropes course instructor, and superb. loved high five loved high five and we spent a lot of time the three of us going up to different workshops in March and I remember it was February I can't remember the time we'd all gone we'd spent a lot of time up there well <laughs> we decided that high five at that point at that time in their, I mean, was it a March workshop, I think? It was probably in the March you or You mean February. the uh,
1: symposium? The symposium? Uh, I think in February. Was it February? Yeah, no. we moved so it back to
2: March. we we decided to go up, and in Mike's honor, we're going to do what oh, was called polar, at that point, the Polar, polar dip. dip. And up up on one of the reaches of the ropes course uh, at High Five, there was a pond. And we're talking February here. And in Mike's honor, we would all go and do the polar dip you know dive into the pond and come up sputtering <laughs> to get out of the pond as fast as we possibly could actually I think that's probably where I saw um, Jim Grout age 15 20 years watching <laughs> watching us you know dive into this that was his idea I think he get it going
1: more than a few years <laughs> before that and Mike loved that so did another Chip Stotler um, another who loved dry five love
2: that polar dip
1: and the only reason I went was because they went. You talk
2: about classic peer group pressure. <laughs> Holy cow. What I do remember, I, I remember, I do remember the look on Jim Grout's face. And then when we finished, when, there were a whole bunch. It wasn't just, just the three or four of us. Oh, there were a whole 30, bunch of people, people right. from the workshop there. And everybody had gone through, and, and we're all it wrapped up in our towels in the middle of February on the ropes course at, at, at High Five. And um, Jim looks out and says, that's the last time we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then
1: nobody disagreed with him either. <laughs> we're we're, oh, we're
2: with you. We're, we're with you. Oh, oh man! Oh, my Goodness. Yeah, that, that was a, and that that was that was a great honor for Mike. That was a great way to honor Mike. But boy, never again.
1: Well, is there a last thing? Is there is there one other place you've used adventure in your life? The theories of adventure, um, not in your teaching those general philosophies of willing to take appropriate risks when they're good for you or just being open-minded and creative?
2: Yeah, I I think probably um, one where both Nicky and I probably learned a lot about ourselves. Uh, Nick and I um, decided, and I I think maybe I was turning 40 at the time, which seems like an eternity ago, Um, Nick and I decided that We couldn't afford to go to the Himalayas and do mountaineering, Mm -hmm. but we could go to Mount Rainier um, outside of Seattle and experience what it was like to go mountaineering. So we, along with uh, John Lazarus, another ropes course guy, John Lazarus, Nikki and I, and my wife and my um, young son at the time flew out to Rainier to experience that and try to climb Mount Rainier um, with a group there. And, And... it was okay. All right, you've been preaching this risk-taking thing. You know, let's go. Step up. It's, mm-hmm. it's time. And and I'm not sure my my high school and collegiate football prepared me for all that stuff. But mm-hmm. that being said, we decided to try that out. And we got we got to Rainier. We, we took the training, and then we um, you, you you leave at midnight. You you leave right. for the mountain at midnight so that it doesn't. Um, you you don't have avalanches Mm -hmm. um, due to the the sun baking the baking the snow and so we left at midnight we were climbing well everything was going well we're all roped up i want to say there are probably five people on a rope Mm -hmm. and we we got to a place (laughs) oddly enough called disappointment cleaver probably three or four hundred feet before that i can remember thinking to myself okay this is working i got this Mm -hmm. i'm okay um nick john and i had decided not to take our altitude medication we were either going to make this mountain on our own Ooh. or we weren't so oh. you know we came from you know simsbury at all of 800 feet above <laughs> above uh sea level and now we're at and rainier's 1410 yeah fourteen oh, four sure. ten, something like that we think we got this we're rolling and then in a matter of two or three hundred feet my mind is wandering I'm not mm-hmm. paying attention Now I'm hooked up to four other people right, right. and, and I, was, I was the anchor because I had had a little experience before and realized that after you know after all these hours and the, the last 200 300 feet that no I, I don't I don't have this I'm'm I'm in right. trouble. So I was on one rope Nikki was on another and John was on another rope and they had split us up. And we got to the disappointment cleaver, and uh, the guides from Rainier Mountaineering came to talk to each one of us individually, mm-hmm. to, to look us in the yeah, eyes, and so say, "How you doing? What's your plan? Mm-hmm. Are you going to continue with us to the summit?" And all three of us, unbeknownst to the others, oh, had wow. said, "Had said, no, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill somebody here. I'm, right. I'm responsible for other people too." So we settled down on. Um, Disappointment Cleaver and watched you know, I don't want to talk about grrr, growling. Yeah. Watched the rest of the group, I want to say there are probably twenty other people, head off into the darkness to, to get to the summit. That was a long night. Um, got very it was August, but it was really, really cold. And I remember Nikki rolling over and going, I know, I don't think I'm getting down from here oh, and okay. realizing how cold, how cold Nick was. And we Power through the night. I, I've never looked for the sunlight more in my life, oh and, my and not because it's a pretty view. <laughs> right. Just coming, warm us up over yeah. here. So okay. So now we get through the night. The last word that they had said to us, the guide had said to us, "Look, when when we get back down here, you be ready to go because we got to get off this mountain before there are avalanches. The sun will heat up the snow. That's a good incentive. You, you need to you need to be ready to go. So okay, you got it right." We can see them coming down off the summit and working their way through the um, glaciers, and they, they finally come into our camp, into Disappointment Cleaver, where we're going to meet up with them and, and go back down to the to base camp. And this is, one of, this is one of those times in your life where you just, yeah, okay, enjoy this now, right? They came into camp, and they had said, be ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I stand up. I have on my pack, which is probably 60 70 pounds worth of pack i have on my helmet i have my ice axe my wool pants my gaiters, and my crampons on my climbing boots i stand up i catch my crampon in my other gator in my left gator and i fall f- face first down into the snow well you know i've got a 60 70 pound pack on so now it's like a turtle Who's been flipped upside down? I can't, I can't figure way oh how to get goodness. how to flip myself back over. So I finally flip myself onto my back and onto my knees, and I crawl up, uh, and I turn to the group. Now this group has come down from the summit. They just want to go, right? right. And here's this. And After clown. seeing that, they're probably they're, they're like, happy you didn't go with. Them. <laughs> yeah, thank <they really> you, <laughs> Dodge that bullet. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, I turn to everybody. I get up and I go, ta na. <laughs> And then the, the group regroups, and we end up glissading all the way, all the way down. And poor Nick, I think Nick has spent a lot of time shaking her head oh at me at that point. But uh, good memories, man. That seems just like yeah. it was yesterday.
1: Well, Doug, thanks for uh, spending some time with us, sharing with you, uh, sharing with everyone your expertise and your many years in the adventure, in the adventure world, and your enthusiasm and love of uh, teaching, teaching thanks, other Richard. people through experiential and venture education theories. Thanks a lot.
2: Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. It was a great time.
0: Thank you once again to Rich and Doug for this awesome conversation. Please rate, review, and subscribe, follow, whatever the words are that I'm meaning to say. And, and thanks for listening. See you on the next one.
1: Thanks for listening to Vertical Playtime.
0: And then, what about? Thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast. Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving Article Path a guy. <laughs>